This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 795. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 795. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community, so be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday if you're listening in live time. Also, if you're listening in live time, it's the middle of August and some of you are lucky enough to have your children back in school. For some of you, it's fall. You are drinking your pumpkin spice lattes and the rest of us are still in the bowels of summer with our children here and just counting down the days. So we are in this two-week stint where Vinny doesn't have camps and we were going to do like all these family things and then it's just been a lot of time at home. We actually have some family things planned, but I was like, I'm going to not plan camps and we'll just enjoy it being summer. And it's, yeah, no, (laughs) it's, it's just a lot. It's a lot when a lot of people are home all the time. So I know that I'm really looking forward to getting back to a regular fall schedule. So hugs and high fives and big cheers for all of you who are already there. Um, The rest of us are eagerly awaiting uh, to join you. Today, we're going to talk about an experience I had recently. And it's funny, sometimes I have experiences where it feels like the universe is really, really against me. And I'll break down like in this experience I did, like I'll break down, I'll find myself in tears. And then I'm like, what am I supposed to learn here? Like, there's nothing to learn. This is just awful. 
But then after the fact, I'm like, okay, I totally learned something. (laughs) And now it's going to be a podcast episode. So here we are. So today, what we're going to talk about is this idea that who you are anywhere is who you are everywhere. And this is actually inspired by a coach of mine, um, my first business coach. He used to always say, how you do anything is how you do everything. And it was basically this idea that like, you know, showing up with excellence in all that you do, because if you show up with excellence, like all, you know, anytime, that's how you will show up every time. And that doesn't like that idea doesn't leave a lot of room for imperfection. So I don't love it. But I also think when we are looking at who we want to be in the world, we need to look at who we are when no one's watching and who we are when we could take an easy way out. But instead, we decide to take a harder way out or a time that maybe a way out that requires more time and energy of ours in order to be supportive of those around us or those who are in need or those who need resources. And so that's what we were kind of the crux of what we're going to get at today is who you are anywhere is who you are everywhere. If you are the person who in front of other people, you're just big and wonderful and compassionate and empathetic and like this great boisterous leader who everyone just loves and that you have this magnetic personality, but then like you're a total jerk at home or you're a jerk in public places or you just are like generally unkind and you make people feel small. Like that's who you are. I actually had this experience with a teacher in grade school. He was the principal of our school, but also my teacher in eighth grade for just one class for my history class. So those of you who went to school with me, you know exactly who I'm talking about. And I think it's really interesting to visit this concept of who you are anywhere is who you are everywhere. Because as a principal, who by the way, was also my mom's boss, because my mom taught at the same school as me. So as a principal, This person was very charismatic, a great leader, did a lot of things to support families in different ways, did a lot of things to grow the school, did a lot for fundraising for the school, which allowed the school to serve wider group of people in the local community. He did a lot of great things. He looked really, really great as a leader of this school community. Behind closed doors, when he came into the eighth grade classroom where he taught his history, this history class with 25 or so students, That is not who he was. He was horrendous. He would call kids jackasses routinely. He would make fun of kids in class. He would belittle kids. He, I mean, the number of kids I knew that left that class with like literal trauma. I actually had the opportunity to talk to some people like a year ago about him, some of my classmates, because he was given another job locally. And some of us were pretty shocked that he was given this position. And it took a lot of us back to that that eighth grade classroom where we just felt scared and intimidated. And we really endured some pretty like significant abuse of someone who had power over us and us being really, really powerless in that environment. There were kids who were verbally abused very, very routinely, but there were also kids, and I did not see this in my class, but I also heard many times in classes before us, like actual physical abuse happening in the hallways, pushing kids against lockers and things like that, like just pretty horrendous. So If you're that person in one environment, and then you're showing up as this charismatic leader in another environment, like who are you really? The person you really are, you're the abusive leader in the classroom of 25 eighth graders, 25 like 13 year olds who have no power. That's who you are. You're that person. So you maybe like can show up and grandstand and put on a performance and do good for the community in this fake way that is performative. But if behind closed doors, you're doing harm to other people, that is who you really are. So I had this experience a few days ago, where I was really 
triggered by humanity. <laughs> and I talked about this on social media, so some of you have maybe heard the story, but we'll get into it here. So I went out for a bike ride. I'm training for a triathlon, and I have just had this like disastrous season of trying to ride my bike. <laughs> like Every time I try to ride my bike, something goes wrong with my tires. And I've literally never, ever, ever had trauma or had tra not trauma, although this is maybe starting to give me trauma, but I've never had problems with tires. Like when I did triathlons very regularly back in my 20s, for many years, I literally never got a flat tire. And so this year, I've had so many tire issues. And it's been so frustrating. I have not been able to go more than six miles in any ride without a flat or without like just major issues. So a couple weeks ago, I had a flat on my back tire. And as I was trying to fix it myself, I realized I was out on this trail, I did not have the right tools. I was so frustrated because I totally thought I had all the right tools with me and I didn't. And this really kind man stopped and helped me. And um, he's like, I used to work in a bike shop. Like, let me help you with this. I got it. No problem. And it was great. So nice of him. So I went out this week to ride my bike, or I guess when you're listening to this, it will be last week. I went out last week to ride my bike again, a training ride. And I'm about five miles away from my car. I had parked my car away from my house. So I'd gone down to another part of the city, parked my car. I was out on this trail. I'm five miles away from getting back to my car and I get a flat on my front tire. And I'm like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? So this time I'm like, I'm prepared because I took notes when that guy helped me with the flat a few weeks ago and I'm ready. Like I checked my toolkit and I bought new things and I have like all the right things in the right places. So I am ready. I'm going to fix this flat. And luckily it's the front tire because that's the easier one to fix. And I'm like kind of embracing the situation. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily, it's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat 
chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listener can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. So I go to start to fix it and I realize that something's up with the nozzle on my bike pump. And I'm like, this is not working the way it should work. And so I, in the process of trying to make the nozzle fit onto the tire or onto the tube, I end up totally deflating the tire. So the tire that was like halfway deflated is now 100% of the way deflated. And this pump is obviously not going to work. So as it turns out, I had the wrong pump with me and I needed an adapter to make this pump work with my tire and I did not have an adapter. I had accidentally grabbed my husband's pump instead of mine and so it was just the wrong one. So then I'm very frustrated and it starts to rain. So I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do. In the meantime, my husband has gone to a doctor's appointment way across town. There's no way I can get him to come get me. Like this is an appointment he's been trying to get for multiple months. And given our current insurance situation from him being laid off, like he cannot miss this appointment, which is a whole nother podcast episode about our medical insurance situation. But anyways, I was not able to have him come pick me up. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to just wait here because remember last time that guy stopped and helped me. And so I'm like, someone's going to stop and help me. So I'm standing there, well, I started sitting after a while. So I'm standing in the dirt, then sitting in the dirt. It's raining. I have my bike all taken apart, like my tires off. I have like parts all over the place, like tools and pumps and whatever. And people are just riding by me. They're like riding by, like they don't notice that there's a person sitting in the rain, in the dirt with her bike taken apart, clearly not able to like fix her own bike, her bike problem. So all these people go by as if I and act as if I don't exist, like they don't turn to make eye contact, nothing. And I'm like, okay, like I'm gonna be here forever. So maybe I need to get an Uber. And then I thought, no, 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 like you need to be more assertive. So to be more assertive, I decide I'm gonna flag someone down. So I start noticing who's coming toward me and what kind of bike tires they have because I'm on race tires. And so I'm like, okay, anyone that has race tires, I'm gonna flag them down because they're likely to have this, either the adapter to the for the pump or the correct pump. So I start noticing who's going by and I'm like, okay, that's a mountain bike. That's a mountain bike. Like it would be nice if they stopped to help me, but they probably don't have the right thing. And then I see some road bikes go by and like a group of a few men on really nice road bikes and or race bikes. And so I'm like, okay. So I put my arm out. I'm like, hey, excuse me, excuse me. Do you happen to? And like, before I can even finish my sentence, they're gone. They don't turn to look at me. They don't, it's like, 
this is not a large, wide trail. This is like two bike lanes, like two bikes could, you know, it's not a wide trail. They just blow right past me. Like there's no way they didn't see me. So I'm like, okay, well that didn't work. So then a few more people go by on their mountain bikes. Don't say anything. Like along comes another two people on uh, race bikes. And I'm like, okay, okay, these ones I got. And these people are on like super nice race bikes. So I'm like, they are going to have the right stuff for sure. So it's two guys. I try to flag them down. I'm like, hey, excuse me, excuse me. Do you happen to? And again, they just fly by before I can finish my sentence. And I'm like, oh my God, are you kidding me? So then a few more people go by on other bikes and I see a woman coming and she's on this really nice race bike. I'm like, okay, she's going to have the right thing. So I reach my arm out. I'm like, excuse me, excuse me. She goes right by me. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like, I've never felt more invisible in my life. Not only am I obviously in need, but I am like actively reaching out saying, hey, hey, can you help me? Can you help me? And no one is even looking at me, let alone like stopping and offering to help me. So I just start crying. And I'm so frustrated. And I'm about to, I've pretty much decided like, okay, I'm going to have to walk out of the trail into this neighborhood nearby and get an Uber. And I have to make sure I get like an Uber XL or whatever, so that I can put the bike in the back. I'm so, so frustrated. And this woman comes by and she doesn't, I couldn't tell if her wheels were race wheels or not. Like I was like, this is iffy, but I'm just going to try. So I put my arm around. I'm like, hey, excuse me. And she immediately stopped. She's like, oh my gosh. She's like, do you need help? I'm like, yes, yes, I need help. I said, I have a tire and I don't have the right nozzle for my pump with this flat tire. And she said, oh, she goes, okay, I have this like weird pump. And I was like, no, no, no. But like, I have weird tires. Maybe this will work. So she pulls out her pump it was a match. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you have the weird pump because I have the weird tires. And we were totally laughing. And so then I'm trying to hurry because I'm thinking like, I don't want to waste her time. She stopped to help me. So I'm trying to go really fast and I'm fumbling around. And she said, no, no, no. She's like, take your time. You know, no rush. We're all good here. And so she, and then she goes, I don't have anywhere I need to be immediately. Like, just take your time. And I was like, oh my gosh. And as I was, so I pump up at the tire. She gets on her way. I'm so mad I didn't ask her her name. But she gets on her way. She leaves. And I was like, uh, before she left, I said, you are so nice. I said, you would not believe. I said, probably about 30 people passed me. And none of them offered to help. None of them even acknowledged that I existed. And she said, oh, I hate this trail. She said, you know what? I always notice on this trail is that no men ever say on your left when they're passing. And she's like, it's so unsafe. And it's so ridiculous. And I was like, yeah, you wouldn't believe how many men I tried to flag down on the race bikes and none of them would even turn and look at me. So we were just like totally bonded by this experience. And I thought on my way back, as I got back on my bike and I rode back to my car and I was like, be her, be that woman. Don't be the all the other people who would not look at the person who needed help, who treated someone in need as if they were invisible. Because again, who you are anywhere is who you are everywhere. So if you are someone who doesn't acknowledge someone when they are in need on the side of a trail, I'm going to also assume that you're the person who walks by a person experiencing homelessness and acts like they're invisible. I'm going to assume that you're the person who speaks in meetings without asking those who look or think differently than you for their ideas or opinions. I'm going to assume you are not teaching your children how to treat people who are different than you with kindness and compassion because you're not demonstrating that yourself. So none of these men gave me a glance, as much of a glance on the side of the road. And I know many of them have the capacity to help me. None of them stopped. Now I get it if one or two went by or like, I get it sometimes like we're really busy. We can't all stop to help everyone every single time someone needs help. But the number of people that just went right by and didn't stop to help. 
So when so many people do that, it makes us feel like human beings kind of suck. <laughs> and that's definitely the feeling I had. I was like, wow, like none of these people are going to show up for other people unless it benefits them. Like what a perfect and accurate depiction of humanity right now. <laughs> and that's not who I want to be. I don't want to be the person that thinks that. But I mean, am I wrong? <laughs> so I came home. I was incredibly frustrated. And I was piecing this story together, trying to figure out, like, why did this need to happen? Why do I keep having these bike things? And then I thought it's because this is the lesson. This is the lesson that we need to learn. And it's not just about how I felt in that moment, but it's really about when have I been that person? When have I been the person who just kept my head down and did not turn to the left when someone needed my help? When have I been that person that just blew right past someone else who was saying something different than me because I didn't have the time, I didn't want to hear their opinion, I didn't have the patience for it, I didn't agree with them. So I started to think like, when have I made people feel that way? Because undoubtedly, I've made people feel as small as I felt that day on the trail. When have I been that person? Because who you are anywhere is who you are everywhere. So when have I been that person who maybe was kind of ugly to someone else. So I want you to think about who you are when you don't have anything to gain, who you are when no one else is watching or when no one you know is watching. This is a big one. You're like, okay, well, like the people over here, they're watching, but they don't know me. So who cares? It doesn't count. That's not true. Who are you when no one you know is watching? Who are you when someone who has less than you needs something that you have? Who are you when you encounter someone with a different identity than you? Who are you when you see someone struggling? Who are you when there is an opportunity to share your time and resources? This can be a tough one because time is a really, really precious commodity. Who are you when someone gives you the opportunity to share your time? Who are you when there's an opportunity to perform a random act of kindness for a stranger? How you answer those questions will tell you exactly who you are everywhere, right? So who you are anywhere is who you are everywhere. Now, again, I don't want this to be like, you have to be the perfect person to do everything for all the people all the time. That's not the point at all. Who you are most of the time is what matters most. So there's absolutely going to be times where you're like, I can't stop for this person. I like my kid. I'm late to pick up my kid from daycare and these teachers are waiting for me. Like, I'm, who, There's no winning here. Like I'm going to offend someone no matter what. I'm going to make someone matter. I'm going to like, I'm not able to serve everyone all at once here. So I understand that there's going to be times where you're going to let someone down, where you're not going to be able to show up for someone, where you're not going to be able to share your time or your resources. You're not going to be able to do that random act of kindness. But who you are most of the time is what matters most. And so who are you most of the time? And how do you want that to contribute to your legacy? Because when you're building a legacy, these are the things that really, really matter. I was at a a celebration of life recently, and I think I mentioned it a few episodes back, but I was so blown away It was this very large celebration of life. Hundreds and hundreds of people were there. And the people that got up and spoke about the woman who had passed away just kept using the same words over and over. And this was someone who was really well-known in our local Seattle community. She had just incredible, she was incredibly well-connected, but she also was not the person who was ever like there to show up and be fancy. She was like there to show up in her Birkenstocks and like her, you know, yoga pants and her like flowy button-down shirt and get work done. She was not about like, what cute purse can I bring today? Like that was not her jam at all. And yet she had the respect of the entire city because she showed up with the most incredibly beautiful and visible values. And she acted on those values and within those values all the time. 
She was the person who showed up in kindness and compassion and empathy. She was the person who stood up for people in the margins over and over again. She's the person that had wild ideas. And then anyone who was like, hey, I want to check that out with you, she invited them into the fold and said, let's go figure this out together. And she made so many incredible things happen in our city because of that, because of who she was most of the time. Was she perfect? No, she was human. But I also got to see her in different capacities. And I got to hear all these stories about her at the celebration of life. And she was this glaring example of who she was anywhere was who she was everywhere. From the way that she interacted with her family to the way that she interacted with some of her closest friends of whom I'm close to, to the way that she interacted when she was leading meetings for the city of Seattle and the Chamber of Commerce and all these other places within our city. When she stepped into advocacy roles, when she was going to city hall to like, you know, make sure that she was standing up for the right thing for our citizens in our community. That's, she was the same person everywhere. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're, Amy, more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. So when you think about who you are and the legacy that you want to live, what are the qualities that matter? And then how do you demonstrate them repeatedly? It's not just about demonstrating them one time. When we think about excellence, and I mentioned excellence earlier in this episode, when you think about excellence, I want you to think about excellence as a habit. So there's this really great quote. There's actually a little bit of controversy over who said it. Some resources say that it's Aristotle, but then there's like, that's been debunked. So I don't know exactly who said it, but the quote is, We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. So when you know who you want to be and when you know how you want to show up in the world and you repeatedly do that, then excellence, it's not an act. You're not like practicing it and faking it every time. It's a habit. It's who you are. You've done it often enough that you don't stop and think about if you're going to do it before you do it. You just do it. Anything that we do repeatedly over and over and over again, it becomes root. It becomes ingrained in us. It becomes something. And that's the great thing about it is that like you don't have to stop and think, wait, do I want to be this person or this person? Because you've practiced showing up that same way over and over again, 
you just show up that way. Now, sometimes you might catch yourself. One of the ways that I've caught myself in these moments of deciding, like, how do I want to show up in excellence or in integrity or in my values or, you know, with compassion or empathy is when I am in a hurry, when I do want to ignore something or someone because I don't feel like I have the time, the space, the energy, the mental capacity, like the resources, whatever the thing is in that moment. And I catch myself sometimes and I will blow past an opportunity and then I will pause and I'll go back. And I will tell you motherhood has made this exponentially greater for me because I think if Vinny's with me, I think, what do I want him to see me do? But even if he's not with me, I think, what would I want him to see me do? And so many times I have walked past a situation or kind of blown through a situation, not done something and then paused and turned around and changed my course of action. Whether that is something virtually, whether it's something literally or figuratively, but like blowing past that opportunity to show up as the person that you really want to be. And then pausing and being like, hold on, hold on. That's not who I want to be here. And then reversing and giving yourself that chance for a do-over. I've done this when I've turned around where I've maybe not acknowledged someone and then gone back and been like, oh, hey, I didn't acknowledge you back there and I just want to acknowledge you now. Or, oh, hey, I like sent this thing an email and I realized I didn't do my due diligence or I didn't, it didn't come off as I wanted it to. And I, I want to just make sure, you know, I want to check in on this and I want to show up in, as this person now. I want to do better. So how can you do this in your daily life? I have recently had the opportunity to um, incorporate some of these ideas and questions into trainings that I'm doing and workshops that I'm doing in corporate settings. And I asked folks the last time I did this to do a little visualization. And I'm going to walk you through some of that visualization right now, because I think it will help you see who you want to be in a really hopefully powerful and poignant way. So I want you to think about what your life will be like when you're 80 years old. So in some ways, this is like very, very far away, but also it's like not that far away. (laughs) I think, you know, for so long in your life, you're like 80 will never come. And then I'm 47 now. And I'm like, I don't know, it might come kind of fast. (laughs) So I want you to let yourself, if you are, if you're driving, don't do this, just listen. But if you aren't driving, if you're in a place where you can close your eyes or let your eyes just kind of stare off into space, I want you to allow yourself to just rest, relax, take a few deep breaths and Give yourself permission to step into a little bit of a visualization. Take a few deep breaths. And I want you to imagine that you're at your 80th birthday celebration. So you're in a packed room with the people you love most. In addition to your closest friends and family and folks from different seasons of your life, in addition to your closest friends and family, folks from different seasons of your life have accepted the invitation to come celebrate you today. Maybe a few people from high school are there, maybe another handful from college or those formative years immediately following high school. And then perhaps a few people that you worked with at various points over the course of your professional life. One of your most beloved people gets up to say a few words about you. Perhaps it's a partner, a sibling, a dear friend. What do they say about you? How are they making you shine in this moment? What are the attributes they share about you that make people nod their head in agreement? Perhaps it's your kind heart, your commitment to your community, or maybe it's your quick wit. When that person is done speaking without invitation, another person steps up and begins to give more accolades. They share a story about that one time, you know, that one time, taking you back to a memory that immediately puts a smile on your face. As they wrap up the story, they share words that describe the best parts of you. What are some of those words? 
Then rather surprisingly, a past colleague stands up and ever so thoughtfully shares how you inspired them and made them better at their job. They talk about the ripples you created in their work and in their life, allowing the impact of your work to live beyond your tenure in any position. They boast about your best professional qualities. What are some of those qualities? A few more people get up and say the most lovely and kind things about you and all you have meant to them. You notice as multiple people speak that some of the same words and themes keep arising. What are those words and themes that describe you, your life, and your legacy? As you sit here taking in this scene at the ripe, but still eager and able age of 80, what are you most proud of? How have you chosen to shine in your gifts in a way that allows others to see the value you have brought to the world and fills your soul in the deepest ways? Take a few more moments to take in this moment and receive all the things that people have just said about you. Acknowledge them as true, even though sometimes it can be uncomfortable receiving all these kind words. And then when you're ready, come back to this moment, open your eyes. If you want to push pause and write down a few things that came up for you, you are welcome to do that. As you move forward today, I want you to consider what were the words, the themes, those threads that were repeated as people spoke about you at your 80th birthday. My guess is that they acknowledged that you were the person that did not make other people feel invisible. You were the person that did not ride past the woman sitting in the dirt on the side of the road with her broken down bike. That instead you were the person that shined, that showed up with compassion. You were the person that showed up with a giving hand. You were the person that showed up with a good story. You were the person that showed up with chocolate chip cookies or flowers. You were the person that showed up for them in so many different ways. You were the person that had ideas and contributions and opinions that changed how other people engaged in the world. You had impacts in so many different ways. As you think about that, about that person that you're going to be and all those things that people are going to say about you, I want you to think about what does that mean for who you want to be most of the time? And what does that mean for how you're going to show up anywhere because of how you want to show up everywhere? So I hope this episode was helpful. I'm looking forward to being back with you again on Wednesday for a fantastic interview. And until then, know that I'm in this with you always. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. 
Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact invented. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talked to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking It.